All right, you guys, welcome back to the podcast. Before I dive into this interview, I want to preface this series and what's coming for the next five days on my podcast. So a while back, I had this idea that I feel like successful business owners, people who have built multiple seven and even eight figure businesses don't share all the behind the scenes as much as they could so that everybody else can learn from their mistakes or not feel alone or feel like they're failing. And so I have some pretty incredible friends and entrepreneurs that I know. So I got together a handful of incredible, successful, amazing human beings and entrepreneurs and I interviewed them. And the theme in this interview is transparency and transparency in being a CEO, in growing your business. In some of them, we focus more on marketing. In others, we focus more on business and and team building and what is required to get to that next level. So I think you guys are going to enjoy these. These are all just such incredible people, friends of mine, and I wanted to bring their expertise on the podcast so that you guys all could benefit from their amazing wisdom and brilliance. I think that what's happened in the age of the digital revolution, like post-internet, everybody's so connected is they think that this digital ecosystem is a different world with a different life, but we forget that on the other side of every decision, no matter how much AI, how much tech, how much stuff is done for us, the ultimate decision comes down to a human. You are listening to the Not For Lazy Marketers podcast, episode number 422. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I have another amazing guest and friend on the podcast today, and I am so pumped for this conversation because we recently reconnected, ran into each other in person in Austin, and we're like, are you George? Are you Emily? And then we've been chatting and catching up ever since. So I have George Bryant on the podcast today. Welcome. I am so stoked to be here. Yay. Well, if why don't you start by giving everybody just a quick overview of you and you've done like so many things and I'm exhausted every time sometimes I talk to you like how many businesses you have and projects and traveling, but you do it all so well. And every time I talk to you, you're so present and just like right there, no matter how busy and chaotic things are for you. So let's dive into who you are first. I love it. If you had a seven hour show, I'd give you the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> We'll start in the in the in the summarized version. I, I tell everybody that I'm a I'm a I'm a husband. I'm a father first, and I think that that's why I'm able to do what I do because my priorities are straight. Like I'm not identified by what I do in my business or what results I create. I am who I am, and I choose to give that energy out into the world. And so when people ask me what I do, I, I I've always struggled to answer that question because I was like, what day of the week is it, and what time is it? Because that's dictated. Like today, it's go pack my house, take care of my sick wife, and go. But then this morning, it was on team calls with like 11 or 12 employees separately in sprints. And so I love helping entrepreneurs make a massive, massive impact. I love helping them ethically build and scale their business. Like I believe that moral compasses belong in business. And so I've designed my life to where everything I do which is run a podcast, do live events, do one-on-one coaching, do consulting, own eight companies, run a mastermind, and then travel the world speaking and helping companies uh, is not something that like, is just something I put on my calendar and do. It's like everything that I do by design is everything I want to do. And it Mm -hmm. all supports each other. And so it just feels like the world gets to see me living my life because I have all these different areas that live in my quote unquote Truman show. And that's always been my goal is to build a world that no matter where I go, it's mine and it's all for me and I'm doing it by design. And so, you know, that's kind of where I spend my time. And, you know, there are some, you know, past things where like people don't know, but I was a New York times bestselling food blogger, uh, cookbook author. I had another, I just saw that the other day on your stories. I was like, what? Of course. (laughs) Yeah. And then here's another random one. I made a health app in 2015 and got voted the number one health app of 2015 by Apple. Wow. 
then on top of that, it was like I tied a world record for standing box jump. I've done triathlons and Ironmans. I was a competitive CrossFitter, but I also on the other side, you know, got blown up one too many times and almost lost my legs and had seven concussions and struggled with PTSD and addiction. And so it's really interesting when people ask me that question, because if you went back three years ago and yeah. listen to any of my podcasts, I have the same scripted answer from like the day I was born until that day that I was recording. Mm-hmm. And now as I age and get older, I want to answer it less and less and it gets shorter and shorter about yeah. what in that moment. But yeah, yeah I, I think more than anything, like I'm a guy that loves people and I love my friends and I don't want a world or a life that I have to take a vacation from. And so every single person I meet is a friend, a family member, a colleague, a business partner, a customer, a mentor, and a student all wrapped into one because I just love humanity and people around it. And so yeah, I, I built a world where my wife stays married to me because I get paid to talk for a living. So I'm quiet <laughs> when I go home. And then <laughs> I have enough experience now and I've done a lot in my life and achieved a lot that when I do share, it's because from the bottom of my heart, I genuinely just care about helping people. And yeah. my success is a byproduct of theirs first. And that's just kind of how yeah. I got here. Yeah. And people bring you in, I know, to their companies frequently to help with their marketing journey experience for their customers. So explain just a little bit of that, because that's one of your superpowers that I love. And and you can't replicate what you do, because like you just said, it comes from all of your experiences and traumas and, and growth that you've had as a person. And so I think that's why I feel so on the same page as you, as you come from like the anti- template anti like quick fix anti like you don't have to do any work to get here place oh yeah and it's like so genuine but it works i mean i've talked to you about the results that you've gotten companies that you've come in and and helped it's insane so what do you do when you go in for those companies and i know it's probably different a little bit but you're super totally totally i love this question like if i had to summarize out on a fortune cookies i put the humanity back into marketing Mm -hmm. right and i think it's easier for me to explain what I do by talking about what mistakes people make. And so when we think about it, I think that what's happened in the age of the digital revolution, like post-internet, everybody's so connected is they think that this digital ecosystem is a different world with a different life, but we forget that on the other side of every decision, no matter how much AI, how much tech, how much stuff is done for us, the ultimate decision comes down to a human. And most of the things that are taught and done in the paradigms are all designed to separate and disconnect, but yet we want somebody to be connected to make a decision. And Mm -hmm. I can't remember the last time I was like, God, I feel so unsafe and unseen and unsure, but let me whip out my credit card. Right. 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 It's really interesting because there's nothing wrong with strategies and tactics, but the way that I look at relationships and what I do is like, when I come in, two companies, like I tell them, like, what are you going to do? I'm like, oh, I'm going to deepen your love affair with your customers. And that is one of two things. They're either like, hell yeah, or heck no. I'm like, well, there's problem number one identified. You don't love your customers and how can they love you? Right. Or then I'll throw out the word ethical. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to help you ethically scale. And they're like, oh, I'm like, oh, you just get goosebumps. They're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, well, let's talk about that one. Right. But really all of it leads to relationships. Right. And that's the model I use. I have my last customer journey model but it's infusing all aspects of humanity into business, right? We have psychology, we have neuro-linguistic programming, we have hypnosis, we have an understanding of journeys that people need to take. And we apply the principles that we use in everyday life, but we forget to use in everyday business. And it's it's so mind-blowing to me, but it's not the normal. And so when we come in, we, we apply that, we create relationships. And so someone's like, George, how do you define marketing? And I was like, well, it's a two-way value-based long-term relationship. Yeah. Part one, two-way, not one-way dictatorship. Part two, long-term. And everyone's like, why would I want that? I'm like, well, if you could choose to have a customer for a day or a customer for five years, which one would you choose? And they're like, well, five years. I'm like, then why are you trying to get them to do everything in a day? Yeah. So it's, it's really reminding people about what's actually happening on the other side. And so on the other side being the customer, because we understand where they want to go. But typically what ends up happening is we end up doing more damage than good because we have the best intentions, but we're so far removed from where they actually are that we end up getting them stuck and pushing them backwards. And so when I think about relationships, it's art and it's science. Right. And I ask people all the time, like one of the first things I ask my customers, my clients, my one-on-ones, I'm like, Hey, 
if I was to be in a committed monogamous relationship with you, I was like, what are the 10 principles that would work no matter what? Right. And they're like communication, honesty, integrity, presence, you know, yeah, active yeah. listening, boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Right. And I'm like, awesome. And I was like, cool. Now let's think about your customers. And they're like, oh, I'm like, all right, cool. Even better. Let's think about your team. And they're like, done. I'm like, cool. List me the 10. I'm like, how many of these are you currently practicing with your staff? Yeah. And then, you yeah. know, it looks, it looks like they saw a ghost and then yeah. like, cool. And I was like, cool. Now let's take that and let's apply it to your customers. How yeah. many of these are applied there? And then they're like, wow. Okay, cool. And I was like, so the science of a relationship are those principles, those tenets, right? The art is our unique expression in sharing them because at the end of the day, and I edify you all the time, there is and will never be another Emily Hirsch. There will never be another one of you with your story, with your skill set to go from yeah. VA to taking over the internet, morally aligned, ready to go. And somebody that also has shown up so much from like, hey, Emily, can I have some help? I need some perspective, right? Yeah. You utilize a lot of similar tools, but it's your application of those tools and principles that make them unique. And so when yeah. it comes to business and marketing and scale, it's designing the science that would give you, your team and your customers the best chance of success on both sides, which means they win and you win. And I believe in conscious capitalism. Do not get me wrong. Yeah, It works because it helps you have an impact, but by yeah, design, yeah. the science allows it to make sure that the relationship is prioritized over the transaction. And then the art yeah, yeah. is when the principles are in and the science is done, the art is how do we add that? Is it video? Is it audio? Is it our personalities? Like my friend, Angie Lee comes to mind all the time. If you know, Angie, I love her. Yeah. yeah. I love Angie. Angie's like one of my BFFs. She's the only person I know who actively talks about like pooping her pants on Instagram. <laughs> I've been in her house. I stay with her and they prank us. Like it's real. Like what you, <laughs> what you get. And that's what I think is missing a lot of the time is that it doesn't matter what level of company you get to or how far removed from the result your customer is. The things that we have in common are humanity. And yeah. when we find that, we take the science and then we add the art. What we ensure is that we're not building a transaction machine. And so the one example I'll give you is, can you imagine if Apple stores only let you in the store on a preconditioned purchase, which means a brand new iPhone gets released and the only way to go in the store and touch it and look at it is if you pre-committed to buying it. Right. Of course, it would never work. It would right. not work at all. One of my buddies is a GM at an Apple store. They said less than 10% of people that come in the store that day buy. The other 90% are collecting touch points and experiences mm -hmm. to inform their decision. Yeah. And if you think about an Apple store, how long can you be in that store without being greeted? Literally like a millisecond. And the yeah. first thing isn't, what do you want to buy? It's like, hey, how can I help you? Yeah, what are yeah. you looking for? They don't force purchases. They don't force sales. What they do is they create a container where we know if you show intent, there's a good likelihood or chance that you're going to move in my direction. But the pace at which you do it is up to you, not up to me. And so to summarize, I come into companies and I design customer journeys from the point of I had no idea you existed till 10 years later when I'm bothering you with so much value that you want a restraining order against me yeah. so that people can take their natural journey, not be forced, false scarcity, put them on tilt and create reactants, which in business gives this temporary win with this long-term loss that the scope doesn't allow us to see. But the yeah. other way creates a short-term win, a medium-term win, and a long-term win, even if they don't buy because yeah. we capitalize on the relationship, the 86% of marketing that's word of mouth and things like that. So that's a very convoluted, complicated, this is why I get paid to talk for a living answer. That, I mean, oh my gosh, so much value just in that. I like didn't want to stop you because it's so incredible. And this is why I, I love you and talking with you because it's so rare to find this, especially in the online space and digital space where I think that a lot of entrepreneurs move towards templates and the transactional way of doing marketing because they're so overwhelmed that that feels like the right thing or the easiest thing. And for a lot of them that I've experienced there's some that it's intentional, that it's not, you know, ethical, but for a lot of people, it's not. It's like they think they're doing the right thing because they have these influencers and people demonstrating that that's the way to do it. 
But every single, at least that I know of, like that has had success being transactional in short term and, and their business, it's just a matter of time until the amount of upset customers or disloyal or followers become disloyal that that ends up happening. And then they have to completely, you know, start over or whatever. So I think there's there's so much value in, in, a, in what you just said, but I think understanding that it's like a whole different perspective of marketing that enough people are not talking about and showing that that's the way. And I talk about that too of like, at the end of the day, stop trying to think of like this overcomplicated, drawn out 50 step funnel and, and overcomplicate marketing. It's really not that complicated. It can be simple if you just put the person on the other side and think through what the experience you're creating should be and go from there and, and start there. So if you, I want to get into a couple more questions with you, but I want to stop before, here before you do. Before yeah. you go, go, go. Yeah. Can I say something that you said? So first, yes. I don't want to let this get passed by because you just said one of the most powerful and important things ever. And if you're listening to this, I want you to hear. Emily said most people don't do it on purpose, and I one thousand mm -hmm. percent agree. Yeah, a thousand percent. And listen. It's really easy to spot the ones that are done intentionally. And yep. when I speak and I say this, it's going to trigger some people. You're going to feel it. But if you feel it, it's because you're not doing it intentionally. It's when yeah. you don't feel it that we need to 5150 you and, you know, yeah. being a psychopath. But it's really, really important to remember because it doesn't matter in any relationship, your kids, your, your spouse, your friends, we're human. It's a human experience. It's a human design and it's not perfect. Perfection is progress and it's making adjustments. And so I just want to say that like, I'll give some context. The only reason I'm good at this is because when I started in 2011, I was a capital douchebag because I was taught that way. I came from broken childhood, 13 years in the Marine Corps, combat PTSD, and then applied it to entrepreneurship. And what was crazy is the more cold and disconnected I was, the more money I made but I never understood the long-term effects. And so I speak to you from a place of experience of, I used to have multiple upsells. I was doing bundles. I was like, sell, sell, sell. And it worked to a point, but I still get messages now, eight years later, when people find me again, and they're like, do you remember when you did this? And I am here eight years later, sending them a video and saying, I'm sorry. And wow. learning from that and making iterations of that. And so I just don't want that to go unnoticed because I don't think, 99.8% of entrepreneurs get into business because they want to be disconnected or transactional right. or unethical. I feel like it's a byproduct of the environment and the paradigm that exists because yeah. like you said, it's rewarded and it's yeah. celebrated because of focusing on the wrong things. And so yeah. as a byproduct, it ends up creating this world that you get vacuumed into, but it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. I think that that's huge. And, and the second part, before we get into the next question is understanding like that's how it's done. And that's what you see. And here's why I am able to do this. I'm going to challenge everybody here. I want you to understand that everything you see is designed for you to see it. Mm -hmm. Nothing's real. There's no camera crew. There's no nothing. Like if you are not watching a live stream 24 yeah. seven without professional mics and audio, then you really have no clue. And I think we also get really, really, really excited when somebody says something, does something that gives us this sense of safety, or that's what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. Because I think the other part of entrepreneurship that people neglect is that we are giving up the certain to live in uncertainty every single day. And if you wake yeah, up yeah. every single day and you're like, I know what I'm doing today and I know it's going to work. You're not growing at yeah. all. You are yeah. stacked. And we talked about this on my podcast where like every day I wake up, I'm like, I lost my business today. I lost my wife today. I lost my kids today. And I lost my team and I lost my friends today. Who do I get to be today? And what do I get to do to earn them all back? Yeah, and I yeah. think the only reason we're able to pivot and to do that is because my principles don't change, but if people aren't seeing them, that's on me, not on them. And so I yeah, have yeah. to adjust where I am every single day. And so I just wanted to give credence to what you said, yeah. because it's never intentional in my opinion. And I've fallen into it. I mean, even some yeah. of my e-commerce brands, I'm like, wait, six months later, I'm like, why are we doing that? And they're like, you approved it. I'm like, I approve that. Yeah. What? And <laughs> right. I was like, delete it right now and send yeah. out an apology email. Right. Cause yeah. it happens. And so it's not about whether we do it or not, it's about how we adjust and iterate once we yeah, find yeah. it. 
and say, hey, is this really me? Like, and, and the one test that I like to give uh, before my grandmother passed away, rest in peace, uh, I would ask everyone, like, does it pass my grandmother test? And like, what does that mean? And I was like, if you sent this to my 92 year old grandmother, would she understand it? Would she feel safe with it? And if she didn't do it, would she still feel better than when she started to read whatever you said? And I was like, if it doesn't hit those wickets, I won't send it because it's somebody else's grandmother or mother or wife or husband. And that's how we run it in the team and the company. I mean, we've scrapped promos, we've scrapped events, like we've scrapped ticket sales. And they're like, why? I'm like, because it feels like shit. Yeah. And so I, I think that it's really, really important that the only way that I'll be mad at you is if you catch yourself doing it and then you keep doing it and keep doing it and keep So yeah, I, and then that's going to catch up with you anyway. So it, it and, and I actually think in the last year to year and a half, it has caught up with a lot of people where that type of transactional quick win, 30 days, you know, whatever um, idea, it, it doesn't work anymore or it works a lot less now. And you and now people are kind of faced with the reality of like, oh, what I was doing that worked five years ago, three years ago, it's now not and I almost have to rebuild. So the the one question I wanted to ask you because so much value in this and I want someone to take away like, okay, like I feel like with my audience, they're going to resonate instantly with this and with the idea of it not being transactional and the experience and all those things. If you're a business owner where you don't have a lot of support and I think a lot of people fall into this because of that overwhelm, because of the like stimulus overwhelm of like do this, this new thing and watch this webinar. What is something like an action somebody can take to move them into that path and to, to get themselves through like, okay, I think I'm being too transactional, but I don't know what marketing strategy to do. How do they connect to their ideal customer, love their ideal customer and actually start moving in that direction? I love this. <laughs> and if it wasn't a podcast and somebody asked me on a coaching call, I'd give them a one word answer, but I won't. Yeah. <laughs> um, make your customers, your teammates, make your customers, your teammates. Mm. And so what do I mean by that? I mean that if you're making decisions based on what you think, you've already lost the game. And so you need to be as connected to every customer or potential customer as possible. And so I'll give a story. I had the unfortunate pleasure of my first ever digital product making a million dollars. My first foray into entrepreneurship made me a millionaire. Mm -hmm. And then because of my lack of experience, I ended up broke with a massive tax bill because I didn't understand. I was like, I could just spend all this money. What do you mean? Yeah. I'm like 25 years old, whatever. Yeah. Screwed the pooch on that one. Okay. <laughs> very, very painful lesson. But here's this, here's the story. I started food blogging and I started it and I documented it. So I was like, I'm going to post every single day. And then I would start posting and people like, God, I wish you had this. I'm like, Oh, what is that? And they're like, Oh, this. And then I would make it. And they're like, God, I wish you had an ebook. I'm like, what's that? I'm like I would make it. And then I sent yeah, it out yeah. for free. And they're like, why'd you send it for free? And I'm like, cause you asked for it. And they're like, no, we'll pay you upload it to this website called ClickBank. And then I was like, Hey, people that have followed me for a year, I just put together this ebook. Here's a blog post. And I was yeah, like, yeah. did I just make my yearly salary in an hour for $27? What? And I've never let go of that principle. I've never let go of that thought process. The truth is, is when you think about entrepreneurship, and I know this is a roundabout answer, but I think it will help people understand. When you think about entrepreneurship or becoming an entrepreneur in the very early stages, the only thing you're focused on is finding people with a problem and solving the problem. Yeah. And then this is what I love. People are always successful in the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey because there is not space to be distracted on all the things that don't matter. Yeah. But then what ends up happening is we make our first 10 grand or 20 grand or 50 grand. And we're like, oh, it's working. And then everybody starts to change the things that made it work, which further removes them from the customer. And so the only correlated line is that once you start making it, what you have to protect over everything is your relationship with the customer and remove everything else. And so like one of my one-on-one clients is a couple million bucks a year. And I just hit the hard reset button. And they're like, what did you really do? I was like, I made them start getting on Zoom calls with all their customers again, just like they used to six years ago. And all of a sudden plateau broken through, ready to go. And so when you're asking yourself, like, I feel too transactional. I don't know what marketing is. I don't know what, whatever. It's like, okay, cool. Well, if you have a child and they look sad, you can sit there all day and guess, or you can say, Hey, how are you feeling? 
Is there anything you need? What can we do together? And all of a sudden, you'll be shocked when basically your success as an entrepreneur is mapped out from the people that are going to pay you for the things that you build that you haven't even built yet. Yeah. Really beautiful because like my customers are like an ATM machine. And I can say that ethically because I'm like, no, no, I have a solution for that. And they would rather pay me a couple grand or 10 grand or a hundred grand for something they can get in three days. It would take them four years to figure out. Right. But I'm not out here. And I, I did this podcast called Field of Dreams is Bullshit. If you build it, they won't come because they won't. You have to design it and build it with them. And so yes. some tangible examples I will give you. Um, I hate to plug my own podcast, but I did this and it was silly. I literally took my top five quote unquote secrets and I'm not joking about how I do what I do. And I put them on a podcast and my team was like, you did not just tell everybody that. Did you? I'm like, I did just tell everybody that <laughs> like, for example, it's like, cool. Well, if you're on social media, let's say you're on Instagram and you're like, Hey George, I'm posting content and nobody's commenting. I get that all the time. Right. And they're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, what is it? Where do I find more people? And I was like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Pause. I was like, let me see the post. And I see this photo and there's like 72 likes and one comment. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, and I was like, cool. I was like, of the 72 people who liked it, have you ever commented on their stuff? And they're like, no. And I was like, oh, wait. So you think just because you wake up in the morning, somebody owes you a comment and that's how relationships work. And they look at me like I'm an asshole. And I was like, have you created the invitation or the bridge? And I was like, so you're sitting here telling me that 72 people liking your photo that were interested enough to double heart it or double click it and just weren't enrolled enough to comment aren't good enough and you need to find more. And I was like, I'll challenge you. And so then I do this to all my students. I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah. for the next week, every time you post, respond to the comments. But for everybody who didn't comment and liked it, I want you to click through their profile and I want you to comment a real comment on their posts and watch what happens. And yeah. literally within three days, they're like, George, I need to hire somebody. I can't handle yeah. this anymore. Every time, I'm, I'm sure. Comments, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. And even I did this with a professional MBA team. And this is how I fixed their social media. 2.8 million followers with yeah. 61 comments. In seven days, it went from 61 comments to over 6,000 wow. posts. And then yeah. the account started to skyrocket. And yeah. so what we have to remember is that people don't owe us anything. Like if you have a brick and mortar business, and you sit there with the same sign outside every day and you don't say a word and people keep walking by, how good are you going to do if every time they walk by, you gaslight them and blame them for not coming into your store? Right. It doesn't work like that. No. But we expect that same thing on digital. And so my question is for everybody listening to this, where can you find opportunities to create deeper connections, which by the way, are the cheat code to laying out the path on where you should be marketing and spending your time. So I'll give you yeah, another yeah. example. People follow me all the time. I get between 50 to 100 followers a day on Instagram. I get 30 to 40 friend requests a day on Facebook. And everyone's like, what do you do? I'm like, it's really, really simple. I record a video at the end of the day on Monday, May 23rd. I'm like, hey, holy moly, happy Monday. And thank you for the follow. I'm sending this video out to everybody who followed me today, but I really want a chance to connect with you. So thank you. Boom. And on Facebook, I send him a video and I'm like, hey, Super stoked to connect. I don't believe in hoarding relationships. And so before I approve your friend request, I want to know how you found me and how I can help you. Yeah. And then I use that to engage. Well, you'll be shocked because I get messages every day. I wish I knew this. I don't understand this. My customers don't do this. My email's broken here. And I literally have an unlimited ATM machine of all the big challenges and pain points people are having. And so wow. the question is, is where can you infuse a connection point to get the information that you need. And so if everybody's sending an email, cool, maybe send a Bonjoro, which is a video-based email. Yeah. Yeah, if everybody's that. commenting, why don't you send them a DM and say, thank you, right? Yeah. Everybody's doing, ask yourself where you can insert you and all you're really doing to break it down is creating the connection point to allow your customer or potential customers yeah. to feel safe enough to tell you what it is they need help with to then turn around and hire you or consume your content or listen to your podcast. And so we have to remember that no matter how big you are, even when I'm at the tip of the top and I'm a billionaire, right? There's always going to be a hundred people bigger than me, a thousand people bigger than me. And my job is never to compete on with because I will lose every single time. But the one guaranteed game that you can win is on depth. And yeah. it's only depth of relationship. And so it's funny because 
I work less now by being more connected than I ever did trying to master everything because it only takes me 10 seconds to record a video where if I was responding via typing, it would take me 45 seconds to a minute per message. Yeah. And so it's expedient and it's there and it's relationships at scale. And so those are some of my things right away. Another one is email, right? If you have an email list of anyone more than 10 people, Dean Jackson it and send out an email that's real and says, how can I help you? And the email goes, Hey, I realize you've been on my email list and I've been at a sticking point and my job is to help you. Is there anything that I can do to help you right now? And then strap in for your inbox replies because they're going to go through the roof. Yeah. And so what we have to look for constantly is where are we being called into a relationship? Where can we step in to lead it? Where can we create the connection point? Where can we put the bridge out and lower the drawbridge? So they're not trying to jump the moat, but they can And Jonah Berger calls this the movable middle in the catalyst, which is an incredible read. And so instead of saying like, where can I go find more people? I say, you can't adopt any more children until you can feed the ones that you have. And mm-hmm. if you have any attention being paid to you right now, whether it's one or 10 or 20, you are surrounded with opportunity to get absolutely every piece of information you need. And here's why most people don't do it. It's yeah. because it requires you to feel seen and to be humble and compassionate and empathetic. And so my mission is never to find customers. Mine is to create customers. And so that means I jump on calls with people. Like I've been over a hundred people's first ever podcast and I've been on over like 3000 podcasts. And they're always like, why would you say yes? I'm like, cause you asked and then turn around six years later and they pay me a hundred grand for consulting because I said yes, six years earlier. Yeah. Right. And it's like, so we're surrounded by the opportunities. So yeah, I say zero point data, and that's a very long-winded answer, but there's probably like nine things in there that you can There's add. so much value in there, so much. And right. I want to add a – okay, was I cutting you off? I want to add a no, couple no. things to what you were saying because I think a lot of times like to my question of like where do you start, I think that a lot of you listening know, like you know, if you really had to sit down and think about it and you were told just operate out of that two-way relationship, how do you create the connection, how do you open the door – you have answers to that. Like you don't need us to say, oh, send this exact email template and do this. Even as George George is talking, like I want you guys to take away the, the gold in this is not go copy his exact strategies that he just said. That's what we're saying, do not do. He has made it exactly like, you like it's all it's you it's you operating authentically to you everything you're doing sending those videos now if someone listening goes okay i'm going to replicate that exact strategy i'm going to send a video and then they're doing that not because they wanted to but because you said so on this podcast it will never work and that's what we're saying with the with the anti-template and and you can't do that you have to operate from how do i create that connection how do i have that two-way relationship And now what do I do? I love how you put that's your art. What do I do that's authentic to me and playing to what I do well and how I can serve people and that feels in alignment with me? Because the second you go, and I see this so much, like people recording webinars that are not theirs. They never say it, but they got this template and they're they're using it because they think I have to do this to be successful and it never works. It will Mm -hmm. never work when you're operating out of alignment in that way. So I want to just reiterate like so much gold, everything you said, and it's not about the tactics. It's about the, the why behind the tactics and then doing it in alignment with yourself. And that's the key. That's the gold. Can I give two examples? Yeah. This is huge. Yes. So the tactics is the science, right? Like that, that's what it is. It's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. We probably should communicate with our customers. Oh yeah. And it would make sense that we reach out first because I would rather create an invitation than try to create force, which is what we see a lot of. Right. But I'll give you an example. I'm a video guy. I speak for a living. I'm animated. Like I love being on video. I've had plenty of people as clients that have not, right? Like I have one in particular owns a pet brand, right? Pet supplements, dogs and cats. And like, it doesn't help me for you to do a video. So we wrote out just a couple intros and had somebody animate a talking dog and a talking cat. Yeah, and now yeah. every time somebody follows them, we automate it with many chat and we say, Hey, you know, this is blank, the dog and blank, the cat. And you have no idea That's how amazing. many icebreakers it does, because then we ask them to reply with a picture of their pet. Game over, over, (laughs) right? Like game over. Right. And then another one is I had somebody, they're like, I hate my voice. I'm like, done. 
I went to Music Radio Creative and I just hired a voice actor for like $30 and I had them write out what their message would be. And it said, hey, this is Victoria, the voice of blank because they don't like their own voice. And that's yeah. how the message started. Wow. It was like, hey, I appreciate the follow and boom, 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 right? Yeah. It cost 30 bucks to do it once, but that actually matched their personality. The principle is communication and making sure that if we want it to happen, that we lead it. Yes. The art is yours could be memes. It could be gifts. It could be quizzes. It could be text messages. It could be pictures of Ryan Gosling from the Hey Girl era when that yeah. thing was going crazy. It can be whatever you want it to be. The tactic and strategy is communication and leading it. The art yeah. is what matches you that feels consistent and congruent so that they have the same experience the moment they first find you as when they're a customer five years down the road, because that creates the trust, that creates yeah. the endowment, that creates the results. And so I love it. And I want to just repeat it again. Yeah. It's understanding the humanity in it. And I'll break it down even simpler. We will never have a successful friendship if every time somebody walks into a room and they say, hello, you ignore them. If somebody holds the door and they say, good morning, and you ignore them. Well, when you think about digital marketing, how many times do people comment and you don't respond? Yeah, how many yeah. times do people message you and you don't respond? How many times do people add you and then you just ignore them? And I was like, but if we did that in the real life, how would that work for you? And it's like, I get it. I get it's a lot of work. But you can't tell me that you want somebody to pay you 10 grand, 20 grand, or have a million dollar a year business and do it on the backs of ignoring people. That right. one comment that you don't respond to is the person that three years from now has the ability to hire you or bring you into their company. And I'm not even that concerned about that one person. I'm concerned about the eight to 10 brand recommendations or non-recommendations that yep. makes the rest of the day when asked about you and not having the right ammunition in that container to understand that compounding effect. And so what I love that you do is you're like, oh, what's the funnel? It's like, no, there isn't one. What's the journey? Mm -hmm. Like, what is the way to create the minimum effective dose to the maximum result? And yeah. I do it on sticky notes. Like I live with sticky notes and I'm like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast today. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have them DM me. And they're like, then what are you going to do? I'm like, oh, my, my sticky notes said I'm going to send them this. That's the whole journey, like game over. Yeah. Constantly having one thing to lead people with and making it match them and you so that feels really, really easy. Yeah. And the, the other byproduct of this, you guys, is you're going to stand out. You're going to stand out in the industry and place now that is completely oversaturated with thousands of webinars and thousands of funnels that are exactly the same with the templated titles. And so you don't even have to try to stand out if you operate this way because you'll 100% stand out. Nobody, you're being so authentically you and operating from a place of how do I serve? How do I connect with my audience, leads, customers? Nobody can copy that because you're operating from that place. And so that's how you get the byproduct of less expensive leads, more sales, cheaper traffic, all of those things by standing out. But you have to start where you're talking about. So yeah. good. Yeah. All right. I have one. We're, we're going. I, I got to ask one more question. I got to. I'm like, you know, I will stay all day. I, know. I don't so. think it's going to be like a super, super fast one, but I do want to talk about it. So we haven't gotten to your story of like COVID hit and you kind of oh, yeah. you didn't kind of you restarted. I got and you murdered. said something earlier in the podcast of entrepreneurship is signing up for uncertainty every day. I do not think people talk about that enough. And of course, paint the picture of the opposite, right? Of the freedom and it's easy, especially in the digital landscape of it's easy. You you get your funnel and I think it's getting a little bit better. But, you know, since I started seven years ago, it's very much of like, it's easy. You get your funnel, you build it, you sit on the sidelines and you just let it work for you. And, and it's like, literally never does that happen like not one single time even if it looks like it's happening on the front end it is not happening that way and so i think a lot of entrepreneurs especially in maybe the like six to seven figures low seven figure place actually hinder their success because they're trying to achieve that certainty and i've had to learn this like i had to learn this last year with ios i mean i went through where i thought once i got to a certain level like I wouldn't go backwards. I don't know why I ever thought that, but I did. Like I was like, well, once I have the million dollar business, like that's, that's it. That's, I made it, right? It's like, no, now you have payroll and you have a bad sales month and you got to still pay your team. And, you know, I've shared that on the podcast for those of you guys who listen to those episodes, but 
I had to learn this the hard way too of like, you're, you're never going to be in a place where everything's certain and guaranteed for you. So actually the problem is you thinking that. So I'd love to dig into your thoughts on that because I think right now there's a lot of businesses still experiencing that struggle with more expensive ad costs with with just harder you know i think the customer journey has actually extended people aren't buying for a longer period of time you have to play that long game or you may as well sit down right now because it's not going to work so i'd love your thoughts on that and anything you want to share that you think is relevant and, and i'm so glad that you talked about what you talked about it's so funny because the moment you think you've made it i already know you've lost it it's game over yeah. It's yes. just delaying the inevitable and it's a delayed response, right? And and what happened during COVID is like, I was riding the high. I mean, like full disclosure, I was doing probably half a million a month and like take home, like it was insane. Um, and not really insane, but like, it was so easy and it was so in flow. Like everything was working. My supplement company was working. My consulting, I had a waiting list. Like yeah. everything was going. And then in a matter of 30 days, it was all gone. I lost two companies. I literally lost over a million and a half dollars in cash equity, like collectibles, like accounts receivable. And then I lost 250 grand a month in monthly recurring revenue in 30 days. And I went from, oh, to, oh shit. Yeah. (laughs) And it sucked. Yeah. It sucked. But then what I remembered is that I'd been there before and it wasn't overnight. I actually spent 60 days basically in silence, disconnected from the world. I was just with my family. And I made a rule that I was going to hike every day until I found clarity. And so I was living in the mountains in Mammoth. I would walk out my door and I would hike. Some days I was out for two hours, five hours, eight hours. But the moment I had clarity on the one thing I should do that day, I came home and I did it. And then I started again. That's amazing. Here's what's funny. You want to know what was born out of that was my podcast. I'd wanted to podcast for six years. I'd bought the mic. It was still in a box and I'd never done it. And so I launched the only thing that wouldn't make me revenue in the midst of that clarity, because that's where I felt like I needed to go and what I needed to do. And so, yeah, I had to rebuild from the ground up. And that didn't mean going, oh, well, I did this or I did that. It's like, no, no, my principles are great. What I have in my box, my present is incredible. But if you don't like the wrapping paper, you're never going to open it. And so my job wasn't go to destroy what I had. It was to take what I had and put a new wrapping paper in it to match the market, to match the people and to match me because I was a different person than I was two months prior, right? And so uncertainty is is guaranteed. It should be a part of your day. It should be a part of, oh yeah, we got it. Because if you're just checking a box every day, you're actually disconnected because you're running a program. And that program is designed to hurt you down the road because everything grows as we go. And so I love that you talk, I was the same way. I made, well, when I made my first million, lost it. Then when I made it again, I was like, I got it. And then I was like, yeah. it's gone. And it started yeah. to get even smaller for me. It would go from year to six months to month to week. And I was like, oh my God, I had a, you know, a hundred K week, a 200 K yeah. week. I had a 200 K day. And then I was like, oh, I got it. Yeah. But the moment we see the target and we see the result, we actually stop giving the inputs that created it. And so it's very, very important to focus on the right things. And, and when I teach long-term marksmanship, just side hobby of mine back when I used to be that way. One of the things that people don't understand about long range shooting is I ask everybody, I was like, Hey, uh, you want to hit the target and you look through your scope. What are you looking at? Everyone says the target. Well, it's crazy is when you look at the target, you miss because Mm -hmm. your instruments are what you have to look at. And so it's the inputs in your business that you're hitting the target as a byproduct of where you spend your time. And so when we think about uncertainty, when we think about things changing, when we think about the market, when we think about all of the things that exist, it should feel a little off every day. It should feel uncertain. It should be like, oh, I don't know what's trending. I don't know what's here. Where am I going to go? But what doesn't feel off is your principles. It's your inputs. You know that like I'm creating this. I'm leaning into these people. I'm going to create relationships. I have value to give them. Those are the things that build the foundation that keep you going. And then when those things are always in place, then you get to play and test and try and go. And just like with iOS for you, it changes business models. Like it put agencies out of business. It put people out of business. And then it forces us to take a look at, oh, it's different. And I think what entrepreneurs have to remember is that we live in other people's world. Unless you own Facebook, own Instagram, own Amazon, own the ad platform, own Shopify, you're just on borrowed time and they don't owe you shit. 
Every time somebody bitches about Facebook, I just laugh. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry for the thing that you've never paid for, (laughs) that they're not making it like you want to make it, but that's not how business works. Right. And you'll never be in that control where you have control. Never, ever be in that control. And then I love that though, because I was like, well, what can I control? Like, well, I can control the people on the platform based on the depth of our relationship. And like, here's the thing. I deleted my social media for three years, all of it. I deleted all of it. Like I walked away from millions of followers and I trashed it. I didn't change it. I didn't save it. Like I deleted it. And it was so crazy to me because the first month I decided to come back on the internet, I launched my Facebook group. I didn't promote it. I didn't advertise it. I didn't have any social. My Facebook account was a month old. I made a new personal account. Within a month, I had 4,000 people in the group. Wow. And so many of them saw it pop up and they saw my name, like you were a food blogger. Where'd you go? Welcome back. And then it was like, <laughs> boom. And it's like, that's yeah, yeah. based on the depth of relationship. And so yeah. I think it's really, really important for entrepreneurs. Everybody listens to understand the field that you're playing on. The reason you're an entrepreneur, the reason that you can succeed is because you're creating something new in uncertain spaces. And that by design is what you're supposed to do. And so when yeah. you think about an athlete, you can prep all day the best trading, the best supplements, the best recovery, the best boom. And you can control so many variables, but the moment you're in the Olympics and that gun goes off, there's so many things out of your control. Mm -hmm. And if you focus on those, you're guaranteed to lose the race. But when you focus on you, you're almost guaranteed to win, to give it your best chance of success. And that might change every single day. None of us predict a flat tire or losing a shoe or our ad account getting shut down or our employee quitting, or we were talking about our nannies leaving, even when they just notice, right? no matter what, those things are guaranteed to happen. And so the moment we understand that and we get comfortable with it, what we have to ask ourselves is, what do we have that we can control? And I go all the way back to this. What are the things that you are guaranteed to be able to control? You can number one, control the relationship with yourself. Number two, you can control the relationship with your team. And number three, you can control the relationship with your customers. Yeah. And so that's always my default. Like my emergency ripcord, my SOS is, okay, ah, I'm on tilt. I'm emotional. I'm out of whack. Anything I touch in my business isn't going to work. It's going to be scarce. It's going to be there. I'm like, what do I need to, I need to go for a walk in nature. I need to hike. I need to drink water. I need to do my breath work. Dope. Sweet. Now I need my team and then I need my customers. And so this might sound ambiguous to all of you, but I want you to understand it's not your skill set. It's not your skill set or the tools that you have in your box that determines your success. It's what you do with them when you get smacked in the face with uncertainty that determines your success. And I will tell you that the biggest, biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make is when things stop working or they stop going they get attached to them not working rather than be like, oh shit, I learned something. Let me try again. Let me try again. Because success can be scheduled and really it's just a matter of iterate, repeat, iterate, repeat iterate, repeat. And so it's pick up and go, pick up and go, pick up and go. And that's where it is. And like, you know, this and everybody listening to this, you know, it's like for every funnel you see celebrated for every award that goes out, you have to remember that there were two years of copy and videos and adjusting and boom, just to get that to be the winner. Yeah. And so we have to be willing to put in that work, no different than going on a blind date and going into dating monogamously to then courting, to then getting engaged, then getting married. And then you're like, oh, I'm married. I've made it. Yeah. It's like, nope. Now you're going to nope. be <laughs> just starting. <laughs> you're married. Yeah. That's the starting line in this yeah. game. Right. And you're like, oh crap. And entrepreneurship and business is no different. And if you look at two adults, consenting adults in a monogamous relationship, they both grow. The dynamics of relationships change every day. The person changes, their maturity changes, their needs yep. change, and we have to do it. And it feels uncertain. But then I go back to, well, what's the easiest way to get there? Oh, ask them, communicate with them. Hey, what's changed? What's needing? Hey, I noticed this. I feel this. I want about that. And all of a sudden it full circles to what we talked about earlier. And so when we think about this, when we think about this for everybody listening, it's you understanding that the uncertainty is guaranteed because you're building something that's never been built before. If you're certain you're building something that's not yours and it's probably somebody else's vision somebody else's results, and it's not going to make you feel happy. Yeah. You're building yours. And if you can tell me what yours looks like, it's not big enough because you've never done it before. And if it feels easy and if it feels certain, it's still not big enough. Yep. Because you have to be willing to put the work in and the iterations happen for you to learn. And it's like the last analogy, because I know we're coming up on time. is like, I tell people all the time, they're like, I want to run a marathon. I'm like, awesome. 
Well, there's a part of it. If I have two people who one person decides they want to run a marathon, they sit down, they buy every marathon book, they get their gate checked, they get all of it done, they're reading, they're supplementing it. And for the first six months, they study the ethos and the theory of marathoning. <laughs> they're never going to be able to run. They're going to die. And then I have yep, person yep. two who's like, I want to run a marathon. I don't care about any of that. I'm going to go run a mile today and then a mile tomorrow. One of them is almost guaranteed to win the race or play in the race. The other one will never even get to start. But what we miss is that there's information that can only come to us and clarity that can only come from making clear, intentional action every single day. And then we make adjustments. Yep. So when we think about this, it's not the uncertainty that gets scary. It's typically people looking at it and being frozen by it and doing nothing to get clear. And yeah, so yeah. step forward every day, send one new message, send one new email, make one new video, try a new reel, ask a new question, get on a new Zoom call. And yeah. if every day you're like, what's one new thing I can try today? And you do, by the way, apply this to your marriage too. It works wonderfully. Yeah. What's another way to fill their bucket or surprise and delight them? And you do it. What you end up with is a fast track, like a PhD in success because you're letting the world dictate whether it works or not. And you're keeping what's there. And then you're letting go of what's not to stay in progress. So that's a very long-winded answer. And you're guaranteed to be successful if you do that. Like, there's no way you won't. So if you want to no guarantee way. your success, do that. I know, but yeah. some people like playing the lotto. I don't. I believe yeah. in winning, winning, and winning because I hate losing. And so every business principle that I teach, 20 years of doing this means you cannot lose. Like the only thing that you require is patience, but everybody yeah. will get there. It just comes at different speeds, which isn't dictated by us anyways. It's dictated by the market and right. needs and stuff that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. So last quick question is, I know I, I struggled with this last year. And so when you went through that, how did you handle the, or if you felt it, the feelings of like isolation, trying to figure out those problems slash the failure? Because for me, that was like the first time I'd gone through Basically, I lost $60,000 in a month and just because of payroll and low sales. And that was, and for me, I'm like breadwinner and I had been successful, successful, successful. So now it was like, oh shit, I have to tell people like things are not good. Mm -hmm. And having to do that for me was really hard. I basically didn't tell people like my husband would ask and I'd be like, oh yeah, it's fine. It's going to be fine. I got it. Yep. And I didn't let anyone in. And like, it was really hard for me because when you have that success and then you're quote failing, in a big level that's very scary and you realize how fast you could lose everything, it was very challenging for me. And so how did you deal with that? Yeah. What a good question. Luckily, I had met much more failure before that. Yeah. And so I'd learned the lesson and you said it in what it is. I learned this a very long time ago. The easiest path through is to acknowledge it the moment it happens, right? Yeah, so yeah. all isolation as an entrepreneur is self-isolation. That's it. That's all it is. All isolation yeah. is self-isolation and all failure is our inability to speak about it publicly, which allows it to be true in our head, right? You never fail. Yeah. You learn, yeah. right? And so I, for my one-on-ones, I design what I call SOS procedures. So I never let them be an emotional tilt for more than a minute without taking action and they have to prioritize them. And so the number one is with us, right? It's like, okay, cool. What story am I making up about myself? What's here? Because that's exactly what they are. They're stories. They're not facts. Like if mm -hmm. I was to take you to the court of law, not one thing that you said would be admissible as evidence in a trial about your entire business or life. It yeah. would be story-based. The facts are, this didn't work. I feel like shit. I'm having scarcity feelings in my body. I didn't make X amount of dollars. I still had to pay payroll, but you didn't lose it. You had to pay payroll. Payroll is a part yeah. of like working when it was there. Yeah. And so our brains are our worst enemies because their entire job is designed to keep us stuck and still because it's safer there, even when we're an emotional tilt. And so the easiest path out is to neutralize that charge, which is to write it down, yes. to speak it out, to record it on video, to share it with somebody and yeah. to be authentic about where we are. And that's why when you look at the top and you see people at our level they're the first ones to tell you how bad their day is and how they feel like shit and how their weekend was and how it was. Yeah. And by the way, pay attention because that's the correlated secret to get to that level. It's actually owning the moment and owning the experience without building a relationship with it because yeah. I'm not my results. I'm just having a crappy result, but it doesn't change who I am. And so yeah. it's a muscle. That's all yeah. it is, a muscle. And one yeah. of the I love speaking for a living. And you'll hear me say this on pod. You know this enough about me. I'm so honest.
because it keeps me in integrity with myself. And I get comfortable with the things that make me uncomfortable. Because I was like, Emily, I feel super safe with you. Can I tell you what's going on? I need to yeah. yeah. like every yeah. time I flex that muscle, it changes my relationship with my own results and it keeps me in momentum. And so it's a full acknowledgement and ownership of the situation without making it your identity. And so having yeah. people that can support you, having a community, having a friend, using a therapist, like EMDR, one of the most powerful tools in the world for entrepreneurs, yeah. right? Yeah. Having any of these outlets that allow you to get it out of your head gets you back into momentum because you need to be witnessed and realize that it's completely okay and it's completely normal because I have businesses, like one of my businesses was doing a half a million, 600 grand a month, like I don't know, 11, 12 months ago. Now we're hitting 210. And I was like, what happened? And I was like, oh, we're in a retraction period. Cool. What yeah, adjustments yeah. do we make? What do we need to get rid of? And where do we go? And then it's going to skyrocket back out. But all of it comes from just acknowledging where we are, making adjustments for where we go. And I want to give a complicated answer for this, but I'm telling you, if you're listening to this and you feel isolated, if you feel alone, if you feel like a failure and you're still having those feelings, I'm going to challenge that I'm probably a hundred percent right that you have not told anybody in full transparency exactly what you're feeling and why. And that's why you still feel that way. So all good. Guaranteed. And here's yeah. what, here's my secret. I don't play small games. So you've seen this from me. If I'm having one of those days, the only way I can mitigate it is to tell the whole world. So I will record a dedicated podcast episode <laughs> to the scariest thing that I have. It's how I yeah, told yeah. the world about my eating disorders, my sexual abuse, my business losses. And so when I lost all that money in COVID, I turned around and wrote a 48 page book in a day telling everybody my story and the pain. And then what I would do to fix their businesses. Cause I didn't know what other way to get unstuck. Yeah. And so I go straight for the top. Like someone's like, Hey, will you keynote my event of a thousand people? And I'll walk out for the first three minutes. And all I will do is tell them all my fears, all my insecurities. And then I'll give my talk because it's the biggest stage that I can hold myself accountable with. Yeah. That's amazing. And I can tell you that's exactly what I did wrong. Like I learned from it, but I held it for months because I thought if I tell people that makes it real. So if I just don't say anything, like it'll just get better. But of course it was already real. It was already happening. And I, that's like personal growth for me is that, you know, admitting failure is hard from the back, you know, from childhood of that. And so I have to learn that. And, and I also think I'm given these experiences to learn that a hundred percent, but I got to give you sure. one 30 second note on this because yeah. you asked a question earlier and the loop is still open. You're like, what are some ways to like, build relationships with customers, by the way, that what we just talked about is the number one revenue driver yeah. I've had in any business, anybody I coach, anybody I consult is the moment that you have humility and integrity with where you are. It humanizes you to a point where they will feel safe forever and you will be shocked. I just did this with a customer, same situation as you minus COVID yeah. failed yeah. launch right? Not their normal million dollar launch every quarter. Boom, boom, boom. They were pretty consistent, like one quarter of it. And they're like, what do I do? I'm like, tell everybody. Yeah. And tell them why. And literally yeah. in the telling them why post-launch made up and even increased what would have come in a normal launch because everyone's like, I didn't know that. Oh my God. And they're like, you're just like me. You feel yeah. the same way I feel. I'm yeah. not alone. And so it's a really, really powerful tool to really own yourself, own the relationship and really lead people regardless of the transaction, which in turn increases the amount of them and the results that they'll get with them. Yeah, amazing. Well, I cannot thank you enough. Like this for me felt like just a conversation that I'm like, I'm walking away with so many things from this. I love it. You are incredible at what you do. Such an amazing person. And anybody listening, like go follow, consume George's content because I'm really intentional about what I consume. There's a lot out there and you're on the top of my list. I learned from you marketing, you know, so much around the relationships. You just naturally do it so well and you over deliver every time in all of your content. So where's the best place for people to come and find you? Yeah. So you're in one of two camps. If you listen to podcasts, there's mine, but I'll make it even easier for you. I want to get to know you. So shoot me a DM on Instagram. Yes. Shoot me an actual DM. I will actually respond. I don't care if there's a thousand of you, 10,000 of you shoot me a DM on Instagram if you want. And I don't, even Emily will tell you, she's going to yell at me this on the road. I don't ask for emails. I don't want them. I make it almost impossible to get on my email list because I just want to help. So if you want customer journey video, I'll send it. If you want my top podcast, I'll send it. If you're like, George, I have a question, 
ask me and I will respond. So my Instagram is it's George Bryant, I-T-S-G-E-O-R-G-E-B-R-Y-A-N-T. And I mean that find me there and you'll know how to find my podcast. If you get there, if you really want that, but I would prefer that you shoot me a message so I can help you or support you anyway. I love it. Definitely go do that. It'll be the best DM you send and lead to great things. Thank you so much for your time. This was incredible. We could have gone on forever, but I you just have to do like round two, three. Yeah, we for both of our podcasts, yeah, right? I'm we in. just needed to keep talking. I love it. Thank you I'm so in. much, George. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Not For Lazy Marketers podcast. Each episode is brought to you from the trenches of Hirsch Marketing, where our team of industry-leading copywriters, marketing strategists, ads managers, graphic designers, and tech wizards use their unique genius to help our clients profit more and scale faster than they ever dreamed possible. Want to see what happens when we unleash our experts on your brand? Head over to helpmystrategy.com and apply for a free strategy audit with Team Hirsch. No matter where you are in your marketing journey, we have solutions to take you to the next level and beyond. So apply for your call today and discover what marketing magic we can create for you. Thank you.